Welcome to the Take Back Your Territory podcast. My name is Lindsay Wenland. These podcast episodes are not just about education, but also transformation. With a biblical perspective, you will learn how to reclaim your life over the power of food and step into a victorious way of living your life to glorify God. As a master coach in holistic health, I'm not just here to talk about the body or the spirit, but coach you as the whole person that you are, spirit, soul, mind, and body. For more information about the Food Freedom book and coaching program, head over to TakeBackYourTerritory.com and follow on social media at TakeBackYourTerritory. Now, let's get started. Welcome to episode 84 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. My name is Lindsay Wenland. Let's get started. We are in a series of messages within Food Freedom, where we are talking about weight loss. Um, The day I'm recording this is Monday, November 1st, and I always like Mondays, and I always like the first of the months to begin on Mondays. I don't know why. There's just something about it's Monday, it's the first of the month, clean slate, um, Whatever is in the past is in the past, and I can move forward into today free of yesterday. October felt, just the month of October, for me, felt like six months. And I am so grateful that we are in a new month and a new week, and I just love new beginnings. And the Lord does too. Um, Zechariah 4.10 says that the Lord loves to see the work begin, that he loves new beginnings, that he loves to see things come into the plumb line, come into things being built according to plumb, according to the right way, according to his way. So when we talk about weight loss, things get sticky and every, everybody has a different opinion about weight loss and Christian weight loss and tracking or not tracking and all of these other things. And I'm just going to start off this podcast by saying, whatever the Lord is leading you to do, do that. I do not want you to listen to anything that I say and get confused and feel convicted that you have to do something that I say because I'm a coach and the Lord is telling you something different. He should be on the throne of your heart, Um, and it is up to you to come up into obedience to the Lord, not be in obedience to what I say. I am merely here to um, give you some knowledge, give you some understanding, and help you see things maybe from a different perspective that you haven't looked at before. I have walked these same things um, that you are walking out today, and a lot of the times I'm just here to let you know that you're not alone. Um, When we're in addiction, when we're in a a pattern and a cycle, and especially when we're under attack by the enemy, we often feel isolated. We feel alone and we will often feel like we are doing it on our own. Um, But for me to be here for you and for you to fall on God and his strength and his mercy and his love, um, that is what my goal here is is to remind you that um, that you're not alone and that I'm in it with you and so is the Holy Spirit. 
So being that it is the first of the month and it is a Monday, a lot of us can have this go, 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 go attitude. And I'm going to make all of these changes and do everything right. And I'm going to put on my perfectionism hat and put on my coat of pride and watch me go. Here I go. But none of those things have worked in the past for you. So let's not do them anymore. Trying to be perfect at everything, trying to live up to some standard that God has not put on you is not wise. A lot of times we make decisions, um, we, we, you know, going, even going back to the garden when Adam and Eve, when the glory of the Lord left them and their eyes were opened and they saw that they were naked, they reached to cover themselves. They, they sewn for themselves coverings. And then the Lord provided a covering. So let's just say the pressure's off for you to get it right to be perfect, to have all of your ducks in a row and make these incredible changes in just one day. The brain doesn't work that way. It doesn't. So if you are coming today with a, a bit of anxiety, fear, um, maybe you stepped on the scale and you're up a few pounds because you ate your kid's Halloween candy, I have no idea where you're at today. But the Lord does, and you do. And um, making absurd amounts of change and holding yourself to the expectation that you will be able to live out these changes every single day is only going to set you up for failure and not set you up for success. It is proven that small changes over time, just making 1% changes every single day, compounds and it adds up over time. And a year from now, you, just by making that 1% change every single day, you could potentially be a completely different person. I'm not saying your personality is different or, or your characteristics are different or who you are, your value, your worth is different. I'm saying how you walk this life out is completely different. This morning, I went for a run in my favorite place, and to be honest with you, it, it's it's been, I mean, everybody, like it's been, it's been a year, it's been a couple years, and um, things have been hard, things have been tough, and I think many of us have been brought to our knees, we've experienced a lot of breaking, um, but we've also experienced a lot of healing and a lot of mending. And I'm coming off um, a season of incredible anxiety and overwhelm and stress. And I'm ready to let all of these things go and lay them down and take up some Sabbath, take up a sabbatical before I plug in and um, get back to work. This is not um, anything other than I know myself, I know my needs. And when I put my needs on the back end, um, everything falls apart. And I have been brought to that breaking point, and therefore, um, I will be taking a break. I'll be taking a sabbatical. 
So I started today. I got my kids out the door, um, delivered them to their schools, and I went for a run. I've been running um, on and off for 12 years now. I stopped racing May of 2021, but I haven't stopped running. I stopped tracking miles and times and distance. I stopped making running plans. I stopped signing up for races. I stopped even holding myself accountable to a certain number of miles a week. I get up, I tie my shoes, I put my headphones in, I start my watch, and I run. That is just who I am. It's what I do. I am a runner. I am a person that knows that if I don't exercise almost every single day, that I will very easily go into depression and anxiety. I don't like who I am when I don't exercise. It has absolutely nothing to do with weight loss. I like feeling strong. I like feeling capable. And I like the endorphin rush that you get um, from exercise. Moving your body is a beautiful way to take back your territory physically. It allows you to get in your body. And a lot of times with emotional eating and overeating and binge eating and disordered eating, we dissociate from our bodies. We leave our bodies. We say, I don't want to feel this. And we leave. I know that's weird to say and weird to think of. But you could physically be in your body and emotionally not be there, mentally not be there, spiritually not be there. But in order for us to receive healing, we must get back into our bodies. We must feel our emotions. We must think our thoughts. We must feel the hard things. We must get into our bodies, and exercise is a beautiful way to do that. So when, when I was on my run this morning, I was just thinking... Because if you, know, if you know who I used to be, you know that I used to be over 300 pounds and I was the girl that left the scene of the crime. I dissociated, I numbed out, I left. I was consistently in fight or flight. I was on fire all the time. But as the Lord began to heal me, I began to see that... <clears throat> There are healthy coping mechanisms. There are different ways of feeling better that I don't need to pop a pill and I don't need to eat a piece of cake. Going for a walk will actually bring more benefits. So being a coach and working with people that, excuse me, that are the same as me, where we have learned to go to food, we have learned to to leave our bodies, we've learned to dissociate, we've learned to leave. And how do you actually help somebody get back in your body and feel the emotions and think the thoughts and process the lies and replace with truth and then put all of these things together under a heading of stewardship and surrender, under a heading of self-care, under a heading of obedience, and then also help them take the weight off 
that they may have put on during emotional eating. It's very sticky because the thing is, is that the emotions are not going to go away. The, the debilitating thoughts, the, the thoughts that brought us to the place of wanting to numb and wanting to dissociate in the first place, they're still going to be there. People are still going to lose jobs and lose loved ones, and, and there's still going to be crisis. There's still going to be life happening all around us. And we could get overwhelmed and anxious about all of these different things, but at the end of the day, everything comes down to a choice. And in our bondage and in our addiction and in our fight or flight, we have told ourselves that you don't have a choice, that you have to leave. You don't have a choice, you have to eat. You don't have, to, you don't have a choice, you have to numb. Or we've learned how to not process our emotions. So in the Food Freedom book, in the group coaching, I have tried to help people learn how to process their emotions. What are you feeling? Go through a series of whys. What is your core fear? What is actually going on? And when we can't figure it out, obviously we invite the Holy Spirit in. And a lot of times he doesn't want to tell us or he doesn't, or we don't like what he has to say to us because it is convicting. And when we invite the Holy Spirit in, we are called up, we are called higher, we are called up to this new standard, this new way of thinking, his way of thinking, because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And when he lets us in, because we've given him permission to speak to us, we've given him permission to give us insight, and he tells us, well, then we have to make a choice. You know, in, in James, it says, if you, if you, if anyone lacks wisdom, come and ask, but come with a whole mind that if you have doubt in your mind, doubt in your heart, a duo thinking, you're not going to receive anything. That's like me going to a parent, my mother, for example, and please show me how to Please, I don't, what what could it even be? Please show me how to make this quilt. Please show me how to sew this thing. And she shows me her way, which she has perfected. And her way is better than mine. And her her way is, is, um, it is perfected. And I'm still choosing to do things my way. What sense does that make? I need to make a choice in that moment to come up and to say, okay, I'm going to try to do this your way. I'm not going to expect myself to do it perfectly. I'm not going to expect myself to do it right. In fact, I'm going to expect myself to, it's going to take time in order for me to learn how to do this. It's going to take time in order for me to learn how to do this. And there's not a single person on this planet that, can do something one time and do it right and do it perfectly every single time after that. That is not the way the world works. You have to give yourself time, especially with this food thing, because you are undoing years of doing it a different way. You are undoing years of going to an unhealthy coping mechanism and, and, coming up into obedience and then practicing and walking this thing out 
day after day after day after day is the only way that you're going to be able to get free. Now, I've seen miracles. I've seen people set free instantly by a prayer and and somebody laying hands on. I've seen healings. I've seen legs grown out. I've seen some crazy things. And I fully believe that somebody can be delivered in an instant from something. But I also believe that things like this are ways that we consistently surrender ourselves, surrender our wills over to the Lord. It is our weakness where he is made strong. This is something that we get to walk out with the Lord. And putting the expectation on yourself that you're going to do it perfectly and you're going to be able to do without him and show him and show everybody else how great you are, that is pride. You have to learn and you have to give yourself enough mercy and grace to understand in your humanity that you are learning a new way of doing things. That, that's why in the Food Freedom Program, I focus on healing. It's healing first. If you, would be, if you were able to pick a diet plan and hold yourself to it, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be listening to me. Because you would have been able to do it. You would have been able to do it in your own strength. But in conclusion, no. There are other things going on here. And you need healing in those areas. Healing in your mind. Healing in your emotions. Healing in your relationship with food. Healing in your relationship with yourself. And healing in your relationship with the Lord. And maybe even the people around you. I am coming from a perspective of a new person, a new creation that I no longer am a person that uses food in emotions, just like I am a person that gets up every single day and goes for a run. It is 100% possible for you to get free. It is 100% possible for you to be 100% free from food and still have a binge. Because it is always going to be what you do the next day, how you pick yourself up, how resilient, how resilient you are, how you're going to recover. Are you going to continue to hold on to the shame and the guilt and the self-judgment and the self-hate? Or are you just going to let it go and realize that this is a new day? That I don't have to bring yesterday into today. Now, maybe I'm a little inflamed and bloated from the Halloween candy, but that's okay because I enjoyed myself and, and, and I do like almond joys. It's good. <clears throat> so in Take Back Your Territory, I give people the visual that you are a house. And you have all of these different rooms in the house. And in Food Freedom, we have four different rooms. We have um, four different rooms of wellness. There's spiritual wellness, emotional wellness, mental wellness, and physical wellness. And we take back the territory of all four of those rooms in this house. And we invite the Holy Spirit in, we invite the Lord in, we clean out rooms, we pull down old wallpaper, we do all of these different things. We, we, we raise the house up, we work on removing things that are in the foundation that are causing it to crumble and causing things to be off plumb. 
and we really work on building a, a, a steady and sturdy and well-built house. <clears throat> I had a different perspective on that this morning. The Lord gave us these bodies. He, he created these bodies and he breathed his rock. He breathed his spirit into these bodies and he gave us a mind and, and blood and a heart and lungs and a stomach and eyes and ears. And some of us don't have full capacity of all of those things. And some of us, disease has not touched us at all. And let's just say that the Lord has given you a house, a, like a physical, tangible house that you get to live in, just as the Holy Spirit lives in you. I bought you this house. But Jesus didn't hire you a maid <laughs> to take care of this house. It is up to us to take care of this house. It is up to us to go room by room cleaning things out, um, not allowing mold to set into the bathrooms, dusting and making sure all the light bulbs work and vacuuming the floor and sweeping up the crumbs and, and changing the furnace filter and dusting the ceiling fans and removing the dog hair and painting the walls. It is up to us to live and to abide and to dwell in this house just as the Holy Spirit does with us. We are to take care of ourselves as from a place of love and responsibility. We are not to shame ourselves or hate ourselves or berate ourselves into change. All change must begin with love. Just like in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, even the gifts of the Spirit, even all of the things of the Spirit, everything has to come back to love. Otherwise, it's worthless. Otherwise, it's nothing. So why are we continuing to go after making change in ourselves in a spirit of shame or hate or persecution or pride or perfectionism? None of those things is going to create change. And it can change us for a little bit. It can, it can look good on paper. But at the end of the day, are you able to stay kind to yourself and kind to others? And are you able to stay free? I have never known myself to respond well to degrading thoughts. In fact, I run and hide from them. I don't accept them, and I generally will shut down. So why do we think that making changes in our lives, especially when it comes to our health and our emotional, mental, and physical wellness, why do we think we can go about it any other way other than rooted in love? We can't. We are to love ourselves. The command in the Old Testament and the only command that Jesus gave us was to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Nika Maples um, is a writer and a writing coach and I was in one of her 
um, classes last week, her free live classes for about, um, it's about writing. And she said that Jesus is first in line to love you. Jesus is first in line to love you. And if we are his followers, if we are a follower of Jesus, and he is first in line to love us, that means that we must be second in line to love us. This isn't a prideful, I'm better than you, arrogant, boastful love. No, it is we love ourselves with the love of Christ. We love ourselves into change. We love ourselves into our new creation. We don't judge judge and chastise because that is the way that the world does it. We are kingdom people. We are kingdom of God people. And this kingdom is rooted on love and freedom. This is not greasy grace. This is not um, do whatever you want because God covers it. No. This is an order for me to steward my life, to steward my body, to steward my mind and my mental wellness well. I must love myself with the love of the Lord. We have to. And I've received some pushback on this thought. I've received pushback. And I've had to take this pushback into my own quiet time and into my own walk with the Lord. But with a resounding, with a resounding yes, we must be rooted on love. This, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Paul, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. And it goes on down the line. So when we are coming at ourselves to make a change, coming out of healing, stepping into weight loss, We must be patient with ourselves. We must be kind to ourselves. We must love ourselves with the love of the Lord. It is not setting yourself above anyone else. Love is actually humbling. It's a a submission. One of the best um, pieces of advice I got in marriage to have a healthy marriage because it was not modeled to me was that we are to submit ourselves to our spouses that we are to come under and for a while there was I can't submit this is crazy but it's in a mode of serving coming under And I know in the secular world, you know, they say, and even I say, you know, if this is no longer serving you, then remove it. If you have relationships, friendships, people in your family that that drain you, you need to have a boundary. If they're not serving you, if this isn't serving you, you need to have a boundary. 
you need to care for yourself enough, your, your mental wellness, your emotional wellness, your physical wellness, to have boundaries and, and to put up blockers. All right, so I squirreled. So everything here with weight loss is we base it on three things. We, we pay attention to the hunger scale. Um, we eat from you know one to four, zero to five. We, we do things like that. Having an awareness of this is how much my body needs to eat to stay alive and making sure I don't go below that number, which is your, your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, you know, kind of living between your BMR and your, your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure, kind of operating in numbers because fact, um, we, we have those things in perspective. Cool. But when it comes to making your choices with food, when it actually comes to rubber meets the road, what does this look like? I know about how much I should be eating to maintain my body weight. I know about how much I should be eating if I want to lose some weight. I know that if I want to lose some weight, I'm going to be a little bit hungry. Not starving, but maybe a little bit hungry so that my body can tap into some fat stores, okay? I know that I need to drink at least half my body weight in water. I know that putting my phone away before I go to bed, at least two hours before I plan on going to sleep to kind of allow my melatonin to come online naturally and allow my brain to shut down and come out of fight or flight. I need to choose relaxing activities and you know, take care of myself mentally, I need to process my emotions, all of these different things. But when, when it comes down to brass tacks with eating, because everybody just wants to know what's the food plan. I want you to make one small change to your eating or choose one thing that you're going to do. Choose one boundary that you're going to have with your food. And it could be as simple as I eat three meals per day. And I stop when I'm satisfied. You can choose to eat at, you know, 8, 12, and 5 every single day and stop eating when you're satisfied. You could choose to, um, you know, after dinner, maybe you're a nighttime eater, and after dinner is where things get crazy. Choose a different activity after dinner. Maybe it's go for a walk. Maybe it's pick up a hobby. Maybe it's read a book. Maybe it's call a friend. Maybe it's listen to a podcast. Maybe it's, um, you know, I've picked up this weird journaling thing. Um, not writing journaling, but like decorating my journals, which I've never done before. Um, but it centers me and brings me back. And I even get in my body when I'm being creative. Total health and wellness is not just a treadmill and salads. It's not. In fact, it has very little to do with treadmills and salads. I'll tell you that. Um, it's looking at yourself, looking in your light, looking at your life, seeing the rhythms that you operate in that, that don't serve you anymore and removing them as best as you can. Um, and it's really stewarding a life of of 
of love and self-care and kindness and compassion to yourself and to others. Because I'll tell you, as a person that was raised by people that were so harsh and so critical, and that's what came out of their mouth, out of the heart the mouth speaks. And I believed for 40 years that I was a bad girl and that there was no hope for me. And I lived in a pattern of self-criticism and I, and self-harm and self-hate. But when I learned that the way that they were speaking to me was the way that they speak to themselves. And then it just came out. I learned that maybe it wasn't me that had the problem after all. Maybe it was them. And that maybe I could separate myself from the words that they spoke over me, from the behavior that came at me, because that had nothing to do with me. And I didn't have to criticize myself anymore. Do I have self-discipline and do I have boundaries that I set for myself? Absolutely. But it's in the spirit of love. That's why I don't drink or smoke or do drugs or sleep around or you know any of those things. Because I love myself and, and I care for myself and I love my husband and, and I'm taking care of my body. So let me ask you, are you overly critical of yourself? Have you allowed the way that other people have treated you to impact the way that you treat yourself? Do you need to step out of a mindset and a spirit of self-criticism and step, step into self-care and self-compassion and self-kindness? And I know I'm saying the word self a lot, But addiction puts a spotlight on you. And a lot of times this spotlight allows us to actually see what's going on here. As long as you take a step back and you, you come almost with a ferocity that you're going to investigate what the heck is going on because you're done with this. You're done. Let's not end 2021 the same way that it started. Let's not bring all of this garbage and continue to hold on to it in your house. Take this stuff to the curb. Take the words, take the actions, take the perfectionism, take the critical thinking, take the critical speaking and uproot it and get it out. Take the mindset that you have to be perfect all the time. Take the failure mentality, the pass or fail. Take it out. Take it to the curb. And give yourself one thing. Learn the mechanics with your food. Learn the mechanics of these things. How, what do I have to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner that's going to keep me satisfied 
throughout the day that's going to keep my blood sugar steady, that's going to give me enough energy and not create a, a lethargy, make me lethargic, make me tired throughout my day. Focus on this one small thing. Do it consistently for at least 30 days and then readjust. It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Self-discipline is not sexy. But on the other side of discipline, on the other side of the sorrow that we feel while we're in it, on the other side of the resistance and the uncomfortable feelings and the messed up mindsets and the double-mindedness that kind of comes and the confusion that comes, on the other side of making a decision to be disciplined, no matter the circumstance you're in, is joy. Hebrews 12 says it. On the other side of this is joy and freedom and self-discipline and righteousness. That is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy 30 says, Behold, I set before you life and death. And, and I'm not bringing this to a black and white that everything is life or death. But everything is, every choice that we make is a chance to choose the seed that we're planting. What are you going to plant? Disease and death or life and health? It really does come down to that. It really is that simple. Every choice is a chance for you to change the way this whole thing is going. Every single, every single choice. And that is the one, the, the first gift that we gave, other than our spirit, other than the breath of God. The next gift that we received was our free will. It was our choice. So choose to make one small change and live it out consistently, adjusting as you go. Choose to replace those lies that come to you with truth and choose life today.